You're listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. Welcome to Dairy Voice. This is your host, Joel Hastings. In our episode today, we'll be exploring the increasing emphasis on cow health and cow comfort on today's dairies. And while there are improving procedures and technologies, we also want to talk about the long-standing commitment to their cattle that dairymen have had for generations. We have two guests with us, a professional herd manager and a consulting veterinarian. Luke Hopkins is herd manager and partner at Collins Dairy, located 20 minutes south of Green Bay, Wisconsin. He'll tell us about himself and that farm. We're really glad he could make it today because uh, we're speaking with him only a couple days after a very tough football game that was held up the road. And uh, even some news about the quarterback wondering where he might play next year. So we appreciate that Luke can rally and talk to us. Uh, We're also speaking with Dr. Richard Wallace, based in McFarland, Wisconsin, near Madison. He manages the Zoetis Dairy Technical Services team in the eastern U.S. That's all the way from the I-29 corridor east. He's also had a long experience in private practice, and he'll be telling us about that. Gentlemen, welcome to Dairy Voice. Thank you, Joel. Thanks, Joel. To get us started, Luke, uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about Collins Dairy. Hi, so I'm uh, Luke Hopkins and the herdsman here at Collins Dairy. Um, Here at Collins Dairy, we milk um, about 1,300 cows and we raise all of our uh, heifers and uh, bred heifers, um, just not our baby calves. We've run about 3,000 acres of land on top of that and uh, we try to do it with as as much technology and help from uh, outsider vets like Dr. Wallace, who we got with us today. And yeah, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast today. Well, thank you. Uh, just, uh, we can get into all the details, but just give us an idea of kind of the production levels, where you sell your milk and, and that aspect of the dairy. Sure. So we, we sell, uh, we ship our milk to Arla. She is a cheese producer here. Uh, and a local uh, Hollandtown um, plant here up in Hollandtown, Wisconsin. Um, and we, our cows are milking about 88 pounds a day. We run about a, uh, about a 4-1 uh, fat and a 3-1-8 protein right now. And we run about a 70,000 cell count. Um, we, we strive to make a good quality product that we can give to Arla. And then they, they take over from there and make it into a good cheese product. And it sounds like that might be a Holstein herd? Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, Holsteins and a few jerseys in there. Um, sure. Mostly yep. all Holsteins. Well, uh, Dr. Wallace, or may I call you Dick, uh, just, just give us a little rundown on your background and your current responsibilities with Zoetis. Yeah, so I've got actually quite a long history going back to uh, when I graduated from veterinary school in 1985 from The Ohio State University. <clears throat> I started my own practice right out of vet school in a little town called Centerburg, Ohio. Um, after about two and a half years of doing a mixed practice, I really wanted to do more work with dairy. So I uh, sold that practice to a classmate of mine and moved up to Door County, Wisconsin, where we were 95% dairy cows. Back at that time, the 
the Bay Ship and Peterson Builders, they were making um, the minesweepers for the U.S. government. And so we had a lot of uh, ship builders that had dairy farms and on the side. And so it was kind of uh, night shift guys would, would come home to their farm and farm all day long. And then they'd go out to night shift and be pipe fitters or electricians or whatever on those boats. And once those contracts ended, the, the farm started to go by the wayside because there just wasn't as much work for them to do. So when I saw the writing on the wall that the number of farms in Door County were getting smaller, I had an opportunity to go back to Ohio State and do a master's degree in veterinary preventive medicine. And from there, I became a faculty member at the University of Illinois and taught at the vet school for about 15 years. Long about 2010, I got enough pressure from, uh, at that time, Pfizer Animal Health to, to leave the university and make the decision to join what was at that time Pfizer, which is now Zoetis. And I've been working for Zoetis now since 2010, pretty much covering the upper Midwest and, and here since 2012, pretty much just covering Wisconsin until lately I became the uh, manager for the eastern half of the U.S. Sure. Well, how is it that uh, you've got your sleeves rolled up and you're working hard at Collins Dairy? Uh, <laughs> we postponed this conversation a little bit so you could go out and, and do some work on the herd. What, what, how, what's your relationship there and how do the two of you work together? Some of it is a little bit of catharsis for having to uh, exist, exist during COVID-19 since March of 2020. Um, so I've, I've been kind of locked down. And so every opportunity I get that I can actually get back out and work on a farm is, is a joy for me. It may sound kind of odd that a manager is out here, just like you said, rolling up your sleeve and putting on your boots. But quite frankly, that's what I love to do. And actually working with dairy producers is what I love to do as well. Um, you can kind of see my whole career has been wrapped around the dairy industry and the amount of work that goes in to produce food for our country. I don't think a lot of people appreciate that. And so I try to give back where I can. We can talk about this, uh, but we might as well jump in right now. But you've got a long career uh, from various aspects, uh, academia, your own practice, uh, a corporate setting. How have you seen the role of the veterinarian and the relationship with the dairy producer change during during your time? Yeah, it has been an interesting dynamic. I, I would have to say when I first started, it was a little bit more, many people maybe don't know the James Harriet books, but my practice in Ohio was a lot more like James Harriet. I, I did a little bit of everything, dogs, cats, pigs, parakeets, hamsters, um, and about 25% of my practice was dairy cows. And you know, that's really where I found my love and, and really wanted to work, work more with dairy cows. So when I got up to that practice in Door County, there were, again, mostly smaller farms that you basically waited for the phone to ring and uh, up somebody's problem. And uh, so you were there fixing problems, and that was great. Uh, but really, the transition of the veterinary medicine with the dairy farmer has been, instead of fixing problems, how can we prevent them from happening in the first place? And that's where the consultation starts to come in. Um, I think there's still there still are need for veterinarians to come out and fix broken cows, but our our goal now is to not have any more broken cows or very few, and uh, make sure that they don't have problems and find ways to circumvent those so that they don't occur. Uh, well, Luke, uh, I'll ask you this: um, Doesn't sound like you've been at this quite as long as uh, Dr. Wallace or or myself. How do you see the, your role as a herd manager working with a veterinarian today? So, you know, I, I agree with the way Dick said, you know, a lot. Granted, I'm not quite as uh, age experienced, we'll put it, but 
you know, back in the, you know, days I remember growing up, you know, you used to call the vet to come out and IV a cow, you know, if, uh, you know, milk fever cows and stuff like that, where, you know, nowadays uh, the on-farm staff has been um, trained very well and has excelled way more than what they used to be, where now we use the resources like Dr. Wallace and, you know, our, our local vet that we use every week. You know, they come in and they help with herd checks, but then, then they're there to help you give your pointers, like Dr. Rose was saying. You know, how can we prevent, you know, or how can we make our calves better? How can we prevent pneumonias in our heifers? You know, how do you get fewer mastitis cows? It's not as much, you know, fixing problems over and over. It's, you know, being proactive instead of reactive in all situations across the, you know, board, not just not just the little ones here and there, you know, you dig deep and you, you find your next best thing you can do for your cattle. And, you know, that's, that's what I think every dairyman that wants to stay in it for the long term really has to dig down and, and figure out what they can do to make it better. You're in the heart of dairy country there, but we know of some larger operations in other parts of the country where uh, employees uh, haven't come from dairy farms, so they, they need to be trained in animal care and, and some of the particular procedures. What's been your experience in training your staff, uh, and how big is your staff, for one, and, and encouraging them to understand the cattle and, and uh, care for them the way that you want them to and the way that you do? So we have about, uh, there's about 23 empo- other employees here at Collins Dairy um, with myself, and the, you know, the biggest thing you got, you know, over and over again, I tell guys, you know, she's a lady too. You got to treat her like one. And, you know, I think that's one of the main things you got to push. They're not, they are animals, but they're, you know, they're a livelihood, you know. And um, luckily for me, I mean, taking in a staff member or something that is inexperienced, I would rather have than one that thinks they're experienced. It might not necessarily be because then, you do get that opportunity to explain to them and show them how much you care about the animals. And that's how you want them to do the same, you know, every day, day in and day out. And Joel, let me, let me add in a little bit because um, one of the things that I've participated here at at Collins Dairy is some employee training. You know, we'll, uh, um, Luke will bring his team in. uh, Let's say all the, all the folks that are working in the maternity area. and, And we talk about, you know, what's the best way to deliver a calf? How do you make sure that, you know, when do you need to call the veterinarian? What's, what can you handle yourself? Um, how do you handle the calf afterward? How do you handle the cow afterward? You know, like Luke said, um, there are babies and they're, they're a lady and we got to, you know, think of them as, you know, sentient beings that, uh, and treat them right. And if you treat them right, they'll come turn around and produce milk for us and, and do what we ask them to do. So um, part of that is, my job as well, not just here at Collins Dairy, but at other dairies, is doing a lot of um, on-farm training for those employees that um, may not have come from farms. Can you guess which protein source has an amino acid profile most like rumen microbial protein? If you guessed canola meal, you are correct. It is an almost perfect protein source to meet the needs of lactating cows. And cows love the stuff. Remember to keep canola meal in mind for the dairy business upcoming protein survey. The uh, whole notion of animal care, we hear a lot about that in the, in the public today. We hear about people being concerned about 
where their food comes from and they they tell us that they want to be sure that the farms that they're getting their food from take care of their animals, take care of their people. Do you see that public attitude of kind of filtering back to the to the farm level? Do you have tours? Do you uh, get involved in dairy promotions? Uh, how does that dynamic actually uh, apply to your dairy, to Collins Dairy? So, so we do, you know, the, you know, unfortunately, you know, the media gets out there and, and they only show the bad, you know, they don't get a chance to come out on a farm and take a tour and just, and see the good, you know, that how well we treat our animals, how we try to make the best products, you know, we try to strive for excellence, you know, every day. And so we, every chance we get here at Collins Dairy, we, you know, offer people to come, you know, take a look, walk around with us. Um, this summer, um, I believe in June, we're hosting the breakfast on the farm here at Brown County. You know, we want people to come and see how, you know, a good, you know, dairy farms are ran and how much we care about our animals and we care about the product that we try to get to them, you know, at their table. So it's, it, it's something that we, everybody that's in the dairy industry needs to, you know, put a foot in and, you know, go that little extra mile, even if it makes you a little uncomfortable because you need those people out there to you know want to go out and buy milk want to go buy a gallon of ice cream or whatever it may be you know you don't want them to strange away and go towards the alternative products because you know dairy you know milk is good and it's it's what needs to be uh addressed and pushed out around the public so we we strive to make the best and we try to explain the best we can when people show up and um you know we're always open to giving tours and letting people know how we do it here whether it's from a consumer point of view or a practical dairy management standpoint, obviously the feeding programs carefully calculated using a, usually a professional nutritionist uh, is critical. Uh, just talk a little bit about your feeding program and, and Dick, to the point as, as a veterinarian that you uh, are involved in that process too. Yeah, so I mean, our our, feed, our feeding program starts the day we plant any sort of seed in the ground. You know, we we everything is uh, luckily with uh, technology and GPS, everything gets tracked. Every every semi load of feed that comes in or goes out is weighed. You know, and then we have a big old mixing bowl um, that we mix every day. We mix. Uh, you know, I think we have about 15 loads of feed that we go through. And everything is recorded on a computer program, and we know, you know, down to the pound how much, uh, you know, feed is going through the cows, and we can keep keep well data on that, you know, to make sure that the cows are getting the consistent feed that they want. You know, cows aren't like us that like steak one day, chicken the next day, and you know, just ice cream for dinner the next day. But uh, um, they like the consistent, you know ham and cheese sandwich day in day out and that's what we want to give them so we we strive for that we take feed samples uh weekly bi-weekly on some things and um we do we do the best we can to make the cow healthy first off but then make you know good production out of it too to help us make a good product what, what is your ration uh what, what's your basis i assume uh, corn silage is fundamental what 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 other ingredients and, and what other uh, forages do you incorporate in the diet? Sure. Yeah, we feed a, we feed a corn we feed a lot of corn silage. We have haylage, um, and then we we feed you know a protein mix with corn and um, cotton seed and corn gluten, 
and canola. And then we uh, just about a year ago, we started feeding whey um, back to our animals from um, a cheese plant here in Sherwood. So um, we use the best products to make, you know, their rumen as healthy as it can be. And day in and day out, try to do that. Otherwise, then you end up having to call somebody like a veterinarian like Dr. Wallace because you run into issues and you got to figure out what it is. So and is you know on the nutrition side i don't do a lot with collins dairy they've got a really good consulting service that um, comes in and professional nutritionist that helps balance those diets um i don't know how long how often are they here uh about we, we work with gps consulting they're here about every two weeks every two weeks so. rob benders our nutritionist here yep. so so they've got somebody that comes in and and a dietitian dairy yep. cow dietitian that basically makes sure that um, everything is staying consistent and the cows are always going to be getting not only the right mixture of protein and energy, but also the right amount to make sure that, you know, these cows aren't, they'll do body condition scoring and lameness scoring to assess, you know, is there anything in the diet that might be impacting uh, the cows from not just a production standpoint, but also, um, you know, are, are the cows responding to the diet the way that they want to, we want them to from a visible standpoint. Well, gentlemen, as we wrap up here, uh, just give us a, a little idea of any other uh, management approaches that, that the two of you are working on, either together or separately, to, uh, to make for success at College Dairy. One of the reasons why I was here today is we had some uh, ear tags that we were replacing on some cows, and so they have a sensor system that helps them identify cows that are in heat and whether it's ruminating or not. Um, a smart, it's called a smart post system. And it also gives them kind of a GPS location of where the cows are on the farm. And so we can look at this computer screen here and we can see all the cows with their tags, where they are, where they're moving, if they're going to the parlor, um, cows that are getting ready to calve. And then Luke uses this information to help him um, identify which cows they need to inseminate. Um, also, which cows that might be um, challenged from a nutrition standpoint and having some dietary issues or other health issues. So that's really the, the main reason I've been here since uh, about eight o'clock this morning with uh, my, my colleague, uh, Dr. Uh, Karabili. And the three of us have been out sort of getting things checked up and making sure the tags are all working on the cows and getting things updated. So spent a bit of time doing that most of the day here. Yeah, and we, so, I mean, Dr. Wallace has been a huge help along with Kara, um, just getting everything in and rolling. You know, we have about, there, it's an ear tag sensor system, and we have a, probably about 1,700 tags in right now. Watching those on a computer screen is kind of uh, out of this world, I guess you could say. Um, I would not have guessed that when I first started being a herdsman. We use it day in and day out. It is 100% another management tool. It is having a herd manager like myself here 24-7, 365 days a year. And we take that data and we tear it apart. We use every little corner we can find of it. Um, it tells us every hour how many minutes they're ruminating. It gives us an activity level on them. And then it makes it that much easier for us to find um, those sick cows quicker and we can get to them, we can give them the attention they need and we can get them, you know, feeling better quick, you know, fast, you know, before they crash and burn on you. And then, you know, that's, that's the big swing in, you know, old school, the new school is before you didn't call the vet until you had a big issue where now we're just completely avoiding having to get to that issue by using this new technology 
um, finding these cows quicker, treating them quicker, and they're just making a healthy cow right back to normal just as quick as, uh, as you can. You think of it as like a Fitbit on your cows. So every cow's basically got their own Fitbit. And uh, it also does find, you know, it, you think about um, what's the, uh, the apps on the iPad where you can follow your kids around and make sure that they're not uh, truant from school. Well, same kind of thing. We can follow the cows around and see where they're going, what they're doing throughout the day. And, and I guess, you know, let me add something in from just sort of my history here with Collins Dairy Party, even Luke coming on board, is this dairy's always been one for innovation and taking a look at the newer technologies and maybe being out there on the bleeding edge of the technology. Um, so when I first started working with them, they were a smaller dairy and, and they've expanded and done that through just good management and, uh, and really embracing the technologies that allow them to make more profitable decisions. And Luke, I take it this uh, system was in place when you arrived or have you, uh, did you bring it in with you and, and start it after you were there? No, we put the system in after I was here. So we've had the system um, over two years now. And we, we, we looked at all the different sensor technologies that were out there. Before I started here, they were already looking into it. I have previous experience with the SCR system, so I knew kind of what that was all about. But, you know, Green Bay, Wisconsin, just like probably everywhere else in the world, uh, the labor side of life is just super hard to come by good people or people that are willing to learn and work. And, you know, so we... We took the localization um, that SmartPo offers that the other sensors don't, and we use that to its full advantage. And um, I would, you know, we it, it's easily a, a, a laborer or two guys or gals that uh, we haven't had to hire that we've been able to just, you know, do within with the good staff that I have. And, you know, it's, it's just anything that can help you throughout the day, any little, even if you're the best dairyman around, you can still use somebody else's eyes or ears. And that's what SmartBow helps me with is, you know, it gives me those cows and tells me the sick ones. And then you know which ones you got to look at and the rest of them, you can let them be a cow. You can give them a little professional neglect and get them back to being a cow that much quicker. The uh, we've we've heard good dairymen say that even as herds get larger, we still want to treat each cow as an individual, and it sounds like that's what you're able to do with your staff and your own skills uh, and your technologies. Yep. No. Exactly. Any any final thoughts on uh, what we used to call herdsmanship and just cow sense? Sometimes I hear folks, um, I'll say, complain or at least comment that that's missing on bigger herds, and yet. Personally, I've seen lots of examples where there are really good cow people taking care of these larger herds. Dick, what's your perspective on that and your work around the country? Well, I, I would say that having good cow sense is critical, irregardless of the technologies that you're using. I mean, the thing about SmartBow is, yeah, you're getting information, you know, several times a minute on every cow throughout the day um, and throughout the week. But you still got to go out there and look at the cow and make a decision. And, and that's where the good cow managers are still important um, and having some good experience. So definitely that's an important part of, of good husbandry is just understanding and sensing a cow. The great thing is, is we were talking about it as we were working the cows today is these cows at Collins Dairy are all really calm and you could walk around them and they'll come up and rub up against you there. And, and that tells you a lot about how these cows are handled all the way from down to the, you know, the employee that's moving cows to the parlor for milking 
you know, all the way up to Luke as the herd manager. The, the way that they deal with their cows, you can just tell how the cows react around humans. They're, we're just part of their herd to a certain extent. And that's how you can tell where there's really good management and how they're really getting, you know, what they need from those cows and the cows are getting what they need from us. Luke, it sounds like that approach to herdsmanship is not something that, uh, that, that you just saw at Collins Dairy, but I expect that's been part of your career as a, as a dairy guy. How did you come by that? What's, what's your, uh, did you learn that at home? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that started for me, you know, at birth. I mean, I grew up on a farm, you know, uh, my dad milked cows when we, I was young and, you know, the passion came out of me right away. I, I honestly don't think I could do a different job just for the fact that I don't think I could not work with cows. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, say, gosh, I got to get out got to take a, go on vacation and stuff. Well, when I go on vacation, I take my uh, computer with so I can check smart bowl and dairy comp and stuff when I'm gone. I just, it's just part of me. It's part of who I am. I've, I've worked at different farms. I've tried different things, but you know, the dairy cow is what makes me happy. And, it's uh, introduced me to a lot of people, a lot of uh, different friends I have and family members that are still in it. And it, uh, it helped me find uh, my fiance now. So it's definitely a part of my life and I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. So that's why it's super important that you, uh, any chance you get, you make sure that you promote the dairy industry. You report, you know, ag and uh, you give it uh, the good public image that it deserves because it is. There's plenty of farms in the, the U.S. here, especially, but in, everywhere in the world that do a great job at what they do, and um, the public needs to see that, and that's uh, hopefully something I can do in the future here. Well, Luke, that's a great story and a, and a great way to finish up here. Uh, we've been speaking today on Dairy Voice with Luke Hopkins, who's the herd manager at Collins Dairy in Wisconsin, and also with Dr. Richard Wallace, uh, a veterinarian and technical services manager with Zoetis. Uh, thank you both for being with us today. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, thank you. And drink milk. <laughs> <laughs> Good message. Thanks, gentlemen. This is Joel Hastings for Dairy Voice. You can find us at all your favorite podcast sites and at dairybusiness.com. <laughs>